Welcome back to another episode of the Jacob Johnston Show. So I know some of you are frustrated that I haven't been producing regularly every Sunday. And part of the reason is because of Charlie. Charlie is a chocolate lab. He's just a puppy. And those of you who have dogs understand that when you have a small puppy, that the transition can be a little difficult at times. And by difficult, I mean the potty training, the trying to keep him from chasing after the cats all the time. But also, uh, from a podcasting standpoint, being able to produce an episode where he's not constantly barking in the background for attention because he wants to play or so forth can be difficult. But I'm just going to go ahead and say, if you hear barking in the background, that's Charlie. There's not really a whole lot I can do to keep him from barking other than not producing an episode and just playing with them. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and get into today's episode. And the first topic we're going to address on today's show is Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town. Now, the left is trying to go off and say, this song is problematic. It's controversial. It's racist. And of course, as always, the left's claim is a bunch of bullshit. That's right. I said it. Bullshit. See, the left, they go off and basically try to say that anything that shines a light on what the left really is, anything that holds up a mirror to the left for them to see who they really are, well, of course they say, oh, that's controversial. That's racist. That is horrible. Who decides that? Who decides what's controversial? I guess you could say that you know, the left trying to say it's controversial somehow makes it controversial just because someone says it is. But really, let's go ahead and break down the song a little bit. And I'm not going to go through line by line, word by word. But in all reality, what the song really highlights here is the difference between Democrat-run areas and Republican-run areas. And the left does not like seeing the results of their own policies, the results of their own thinking, and ideology. They do not like seeing how horrible they really are. It's one of those things where the left are the type of people that can't look in the mirror because they do not like their own reflection. And so anything that shows them a reflection of who they are, they are disgusted with. They hate. They can't stand. Because deep down, people want to be good people. And so when you show them a mirror of who they really are, and it turns out that they're really horrible, disgusting people, they really don't like it. And like all narcissists, they always try to play the victim as to why it's not their fault, why it's okay for them, you know, that they're just responding as victim, you know, having to do things that they don't like to do. So it goes off and it shows in the video uh, all of the, you know, BLM, Antifa, and just general breakdown of society, the, the violence and the crimes and Democrat-controlled areas, right? Now, while there are some people on the left trying to go, oh, well, you know, who really talks about carjackings and um, liquor store robbery? Who really talks about those? I mean, they're going off trying to say that no one actually cares about crimes involving carjackings or liquor store robberies, except for the right, which... I would agree with them because the left doesn't care about crime. They don't care about criminal activity. In fact, they promote and encourage criminal activity. So when they go off and they say, well, who really talks about, you know, crimes like that, of uh, carjackings and liquor store robbery? Well, the side that believes in law and order, 
the side that believes in the civil society, you know, the side that believes in community, right? But they go off and dismiss it as if those are, you know, nothing crime. You know, those things, they don't matter. They're, they're nothing more than jaywalking, according to the left. And what's really sickening is how they go off and go, well, you know, people who talk about those crimes, you know, those are stereotypical crimes. Really? Stereotypical crimes? So by the left's own admission, when you talk about carjackings or you talk about liquor store robberies or you talk about violent assaults, to the left, what comes to mind to them is the black community, to black Americans, African Americans. I don't even know what the correct terminology is anymore because it changes so often. But to the left, if you talk about carjackings, you're talking about black people. If you're talking about liquor store robberies, according to the left, you're automatically talking about black people. Hmm. I wonder something. Could it be that the reason why the left tries to ignore such crimes is because to them, those are crimes only committed by black people and that it's their own racist stereotypes that have them upset about this song? It makes sense, doesn't it? That if you're on the side that believes that black people are the only ones who are violent or the only ones that engage in certain types of criminal behavior, then by extension, any song or anything that highlights those type of crimes and criminal activities must be talking about black people. But in the video, you see that there are a lot of races in the video. You see, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you do see some black people, but you also see white people. You see Asians, you see Hispanics, you see people of all races in the video committing various types of crimes. But to the left, you're only talking about stereotypical crimes that only black people somehow commit. So even in their response to Jason Aldean's video for Try That in a Small Town, the left is exposing themselves over how racist they are, over how low their opinion of the black community is. And then they want to go out and say that we on the right are the racist, that we on the right, acknowledging that such crimes are committed by all types of people from all races, that somehow that makes us the racist, acknowledging that, and them thinking that it's only crimes committed by black people makes them the anti-racist. And of course, if you want to know what the dumbest views of the left are, there's only two sources you need to go to. One, TikTok, and two, the idiots on The View, who have no intelligent argument whatsoever for why it is they think the song is horrible or racist. All they could do is just shout, racism, racism, somehow. And then to try and claim that it's racist, they call a whole bunch of people a bunch of racists. You know, you have like Sonny, who is, you know, a disingenuous idiot going out there and going, well, I, you know, had some experience down in uh, Georgia and they are some of the most racist people. And I wonder what her definition of racist is. The fact that they didn't get on their knees and kiss her ass, you know, because she is somehow the most special of special people in the world that she should just have been carried around uh, on everyone's shoulders. And the fact that they didn't do that makes them racist. I mean, the people on The View are the biggest idiots. And the sad thing is, I have a feeling that off air, they're actually smarter than what they are on air. 
but they don't really care because their entire job is not to present good arguments, not to present intelligent, uh, objective statements. Their entire job is to shrill for the Democrats. And despite how intelligent they may be off air, the Democrats' positions, viewpoints, and arguments are so stupid that the people on The View can't find between their collective intelligence any reasonable, halfway rational way of articulating the left's arguments. So that's why all you get is their breakdown of, uh, racist, uh, sexist, uh, I mean, they're just on autopilot. Knee-jerk reaction to absolutely everything is just to call it racist, sexist, homophobic. You know, you name the istophobe, that's their entire dialogue right there, is just to go off and just repeat and regurgitate those words because they don't actually have any intelligent argument in order to back up their claims. Now, when you go online outside of TikTok, right, and you go through and you take a look at the reactions from average, ordinary people, you know, regardless of what they're uh, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, you know, across all races, right? You take a look at all of these reaction videos, and what do you see? Time and time again, they're like, What's racist about this? I heard that this was a very racist song. I don't find anything objectionable about it. I don't find anything racist about it whatsoever. And then you go through and you take a look at, especially, you know, since the left is trying to go off and saying that this is racist against black people somehow. So you go through and you take a look at the reactions of black people on YouTube and so forth going through and you find out that Hey, they like it. They like this song. They agree with the song. First off, you just turned from what I could see in the research that I've done, you just turned a bunch of people into country music fans, right? Now, personally, I haven't listened to country music in over 20 years, right? The last time I heard a country music song, Garth Brooks was a popular person, and I couldn't stand country. I, I completely disliked it. And I had never heard of Jason Aldean before this whole left making a big stink about his song, Try That in a Small Town. And so I went and checked it out and went to listen to the video. And I got to tell you, country music has sure changed. It went from intolerable music that I couldn't stand to, hey, if this is what country music is like, I may become a fan after all, after all these years. You know, because, I mean, really, it doesn't have too much of a country sound to it, in my opinion. But in any event, I had never heard of Jason Aldean before all of this. I checked him out. I like him. And now I'm becoming a bit of a fan, you know, kind of liking his music. And you're seeing that across the board. You know, it's the, what is it, the Streisand effect? That because, you know, um, way back when, you know, during the early days of the Internet, you know, uh, the famous person, Streisand, I think it was Barbara Streisand, you know, uh, made a stink about people taking pictures of her house and putting it on the internet. And she was demanding they be taken down and no one be able to see it. And what did that do? That caused everyone to go look it up and see it. Well, that's what happened here with Jason Aldean. Now I get that he was, you know, already big and famous in his, you know, country music circle, which again, a lot of us, you know, still a lot more people who hadn't heard of him. 
you don't now have. And since then, his song has gone up to number one on the charts. And this video comes out five months after the song was released, or a few months after the song was initially released. And it's only after the left made a stink about it that the popularity shot through the roof. And now everyone's gone through, checked it out. And if you take a look at the online reaction videos, it's got positive reviews, you know, from just average people who aren't the political talking heads on TV, who aren't part of the elitist establishment, you know, and especially when you take a look at the reaction of minorities who live in small towns, they're like, yeah, yeah, I I, I agree with this. This is... (laughs) There's nothing controversial about this. This is just a true statement. And what is the statement everybody takes away from this song? Well, it's not an issue of white versus black or white versus minorities or or anything related to racism. They see it as, hey, we're just showing the difference between liberal-run areas and conservative-run areas. In liberal-run areas, you have rampant crime. You have out-of-control thuggery you know, from people of all races. You have lawlessness. And not only do you have that, but it's actually encouraged by the politicians. You take a look at, you know, what happened, you know, during the riots of 2020, what happened, you know, in Kenosha, what happened in any place where leftist mobs took to the street, caused billions of dollars in damages. What did you see? Well, you saw all these people who think they're all big and strong and mighty. Turns out they're protected by the politicians. You know, the politicians, the mayors and the governors who are restraining the police, telling the police to stand down and not engage, telling the police that they're not allowed to stop it, right? So really, these people engaged in all this violence who think they're raging against the machines are really the pawns of the machine. That's the that's part of the funny irony of it is that they're raging against the machine when they're really just doing what the machine wants them to do. And so you see here how politicians they in left-wing areas engage in promoting policies designed to break down society, designed to foment hate and violence. And then when the violence breaks out, those same left-wing politicians restrain the police, restrain anybody who would dare attempt to stop the violence. And then in some areas, it's gotten even worse. Not only have they restrained the police and told them to let these violent rioters and looters do whatever they want, but then afterwards, these same politicians go out and get uh, legislation at the local level, you know, through city council or at the state level. They're getting resolutions passed to pay these people, to pay the violent rioters. That's right. So these violent rioters go out. They burn down a bunch of buildings, destroy a bunch of vehicles, cause billions of dollars in damages, and then the politicians in those areas want to pay those people, you know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, as if it's an apology to these people who cause billions of dollars in damages. So not only are the Democrats encouraging all of this violence through their policies, they're actually rewarding the violence. They're rewarding the rioting. They're rewarding the billions of dollars in destruction. And where is all this destruction happening? Mostly in minority-run communities. That's right. You know, you take a look at it and you see that 
you know, in areas that are highly populated by minorities, that's where all the rioting, the damages, and the burning down of communities is happening. When you see all of these stores, you know, uh, mom and pop stores being robbed, burnt down, destroyed, most of those are run by minorities. They're minority-owned businesses, and they're being destroyed. Their livelihood, their entire life work destroyed by these left-wing violent rioters who are mostly rich white you know, uh, left-wing elitists who are just bored. They're the ones going through and destroying this. So they're going out there trying to say, well, these are the type of crimes that are typically, you know, associated with black people. But, you know, Antifa is mostly bored white rich kids who are part of the leftist establishment, right? Protected by politicians, being paid by politicians now in order to go into minority communities, burn down buildings, businesses, destroy the entire economy in that area, cause massive unemployment in that area, completely knocking down everyone in that minority community who is actually rising up, saving money, getting out of poverty, and just smacking them back down is what the left has been doing, what they've been encouraging. And then pointing that out to everybody, the left has the goal to call you the racist. Now, once the song is done, going through and highlighting how left-wing dominated areas are, how violent they are, how much crime there is, how that crime is and criminals are protected by the politicians and so forth. The song then goes and compares that to what it's like in a small town, a small town which is mostly dominated by conservatives and conservative values, where the community, instead of tearing each other apart, is actually there helping each other out, lifting each other up, how when somebody is in need, the community comes together to help them out. You know, because in a small town, one of the main reasons why you don't get the same type of crimes, and I'm not saying that there's no crimes, but most of the crimes are boredom crimes, you know, like street racing or um, or car surfing or public intoxication or blasting your music too loud in violation of city ordinance. Okay, yeah, there's some of that. And once in a blue moon, you actually get, you know, maybe some, you know, armed robbery, which, you know, is usually done by someone who's from out of town to begin with. But you don't really get the crimes, you know, that you get in the big cities. You just get, oh, I'm bored. Hey, this looks fun. Oh, that's a violation of city ordinance. Okay, whatever. And I'll just take my ticket, you know, but man, was that fun, you know, car surfing. And for those of you who don't know what car surfing is, look it up. But in any event, you don't get that in a small town. You know, all the crime, the riots, the burning down buildings, unless the building has been condemned and it's being demolished so a new building can be erected. Then the idea of burning something down is kind of uh, an event in which people come and they host a barbecue. And usually the person who sets the fire is the fire department. It's a controlled burn for a condemned building. So a new building can be constructed. So in any event, you know, in a small town, it's talking about how the community looks after their own, protects each other, helps each other out. And that if anybody came in to try and harm that community, the community would come together to defend itself which is the complete opposite of what you're seeing in the areas 
dominated by Democrats, which are kind of your larger cities, your medium to large cities, dominated by Democrats that are violent. The community you know, is non-existent. People are tearing each other down, trying to you know, rob each other, destroy each other. And then you see small towns, the exact opposite, people coming together, helping each other out, the best of human nature, the best of human quality. And in a small town, guess what? No one cares what your skin color is. No one gives a rip. Your, your, your family, everyone knows you. They know you, they know your uncle, they know your cousins. You know, the store owner that the left would just assume rob, everybody knows that store owner. In fact, the store owner might be, you know, your friend's uncle or your friend's cousin or grandpappy or whatever. The point is, you know that person and you don't want to see any harm come to that person. So if anybody tried to do anything, you stand up and defend them. That's what a small community does. Then what happens in a small town? And I would say what happens in largely Democratic, or not Democrat, but Republican-controlled areas, the opposite of Democrat-controlled areas. That's what happens in a free society uh, based off of values and morals. You see the best of human nature and qualities. That's why when you see you know, uh, the, you know, big storms come in and all of that, you see that in small towns, or in areas that are largely Republican, you see people risking themselves to help other people out. That's what you see. And the left, they're ticked off about this, highlighting how depraved, immoral, violent, and how just god-awful people they are being spotlighted because they do not like looking at themselves in the mirror. And so when you go through and you take a look at the left's reaction, what are they really saying? They're really saying that they think it's racist. The idea is racist for people to build each other up. They think it's racist for a community to actually know and like each other. They think it's racist for a community to protect their neighbors, to defend their neighbors, to be there, to help out. They think that's racist and a sign of white supremacy. But on the flip side, they think that carjacking, stealing from each other, robbing each other, burning down each other's communities, that that is anti-racism. That is the sign of tolerance. That is the behavior we want to see emulated throughout the entire country in the name of tolerance. You see how backwards they are? You see how utterly depraved, how utterly bankrupt they are in their thinking and how they go through? When you actually go through and take a look at this from a larger perspective, right? Take a look at all the other issues, all the other things that they go out there and try to promote as either being horribly racist, you know, because they don't like it because, you know, it's what conservatives are doing and promoting. So they call it racist. And then what it is that the Democrats are saying should be promoted and celebrated you start noticing a huge pattern developing. And you're not supposed to notice that pattern because noticing what the left is doing makes you an awful person. You know, it's, the reaction is never about what the Democrats are doing. The, according to the media, the, re, the story is always the Republicans' reaction to the Democrats. So the Democrats 
are just naturally depraved people. They're naturally racist authoritarians. Left-wing politics is about depravity. It, it, it's Left-wing politics is what brought us Hitler. Left-wing politics is what brought us Mao Zedong. You notice how left-wing politics always end the same way. Murderous dictatorships and oppression of the people. Because that's what left-wing politics is all about. It's all about classes. It's all about having the elite, the bourgeoisie, the you know political rulers, the landowners, you know whatever you want to call it throughout history. It's all about having the very top 1% rule everybody else. They're the ones that dictate all the rules and everybody else only exists to serve them. Everybody else is only their servant. That's it. That's what left-wing politics is about. Now, in order to get people to surrender to left-wing politics, to go along with it, to give in to the hate, give in to the racism, you always have to have someone to hate, someone to try and blame all the problems on. And that's what the left does. For Hitler, it was the Jews. For Mao Zedong, it was the rich. Well, the Democrats, they're doing it both ways. They're doing it both by class and by race. You know, anybody who's not part of your, who doesn't have your skin color is your enemy, according to the left. Now, of course, they come together with some sort of coalition for election time, somehow going, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these people are, these people may, you know, want to hurt you, but these people over here, oh, they just want to kill you. So you got to, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend here, you know, when it comes to elections. And then you see it, how you know, they go off and, you know, of course, yeah, they want to say, oh, white people are the problem. You know, white people, you know, are the threat to the black community, even though, you know, that is demonstrably proven wrong. But the left goes off and they've rewritten history to try and foment hate and racism, you know, especially the history of slavery, which they have completely rewritten to the point where it's where it's less fact and more fiction. Now, yeah, slavery happened, but it, it had been happening ever since, you know, the Egyptians enslaved the Hebrews about 5,000 years ago. It wasn't the white man who invented it or created it. And of course, it wasn't white people going into Africa and rounding people up. And it wasn't America receiving most of the slaves. And of course, slavery is still existing today. <laughs> Check the map on where that's happening at still. And along with that, notice how white people were the first people in all of history to abolish slavery. And yet, as history is taught, most, pe most people in minority communities are given the teachings that somehow white people created slaveries and it was all of our fault and some, somehow. But you go through and you take a look at left-wing politics. It's all about It's all about finding someone to hate. It's all about trying to use the iron fist of government to force people to bow down to the elitists, to the top 1%. That's what left-wing politics is about. That's what it's always been about. And so when you go off and you hold up a mirror to how sick and depraved the left is, how horribly violent and racist they are, then of course, like narcissists, they go out there and they claim to be the victim and they try to claim that somehow showing them uh, their image in the mirror is somehow racist. And you go through and you take a look at how in their you know, attempts to attack the song, 
it only further exposed how horribly hateful and racist the left is, how they themselves associate certain types of crimes or all crimes with a certain segment of the population. Therefore, if you talk about that type of crime at all, you must naturally only be talking about a certain group of people. And if you believe that only a certain group of people commit crimes, then talking about crimes is racist. You see how they go through and how in their own ideology, how their own views exposes their own racism, and yet they still want to talk about you as if you're the horrible person. So when we break this down, the controversy over the song, Try That in a Small Town, as far as the left's claim that it's controversial, it's the same as everything else that the left tries to claim as controversial. Everything else that the left tries to claim is somehow racist and intolerant or insensitive or problematic. It's the same as it always is. The real controversy for the left when they look at all of this is their own disgust with the image looking back at them from the mirror. That's all it is. You go through and there was a recent uh, report, you know, and shockingly by CNN, talking about how bad crime has gotten in San Francisco. The results of the left-wing policy and how the people in those communities are at their breaking point. You know, I've had enough, you know, where they are going, hey, enough is enough with this crap. It is completely destroying the entire economy. It is completely destroying any sense of livability in the area. It's the left's own disgust with themselves that is controversial. And anything that forces them to take a hard look at themselves in the mirror, they hate and they must shut down. They must remove all mirrors from public view, all mirrors from any public discourse, any public building, any public place, because they just cannot stand what is looking back at them. All right, that's it uh, for this week's episode. I had something else planned, but it would take too long to go through it. And so I think I'm going to save that for next week. And that's going to be quite the show as I go through and show you, you know, what one of the next biggest threats from the Democrats is headed our way. All right. So that's it uh, for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening in. And I will be back again soon.